All right, everyone, welcome into Debate Night with Brody Smith and Hunter Thomas. Brody's blasting oh my some, gosh. Some stuff what, out of his um, phone. That is so amateur. Uh, hour. Amateur hour over here. My goodness. I'm uh, so sorry. We're back live. Last week we were post produced um, with Trevor in studio. I think some people liked that. But some people did, but we got to have the calls. Got to have the calls. We man. got to have. And it does seem like there's some venom being spit out in the chat already, which I'm a huge fan of. I'm, I'm Brody. I'm so Brody's got audio coming I'm out of so every device right he now. possibly has. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, everything Jeez. should be good now. We, we have be. one show where we're not live. We're and Brody back. just forgets how everything works. Um, but no, we got some good topics tonight. We're going to talk hopefully a little bit shorter uh, before we get into the calls, so we have more time. We want for the, some good. Yeah, calls. we want the live call situation and. and- Oh, the Julius Caesaring is happening the, tonight. We are one hundred percent. Silas is here, one hundred percent. The Julius Caesaring. If you call in with a bad topic, something that we've already discussed, or something that you know people are just not very interested in, I will give you the thumbs down. Silas will hang up on you. Someone has to be first. Yeah, there was two people that the people in the chat last or two weeks ago that really wanted me to hang up on. The kindness of my heart, I couldn't do it. I'm wearing. What am I wearing? I'm wearing my parrot shirt. It looks like parrots on yeah, the shirt. I'm wearing my parrot shirt tonight. And uh, parrots, everyone knows, are vicious animals. Polly wants a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what parrots say. Uh, Polly wants a cracker. Parrots um, just copy what you say, <laughs> so they could say literally anything. But that's not the point. That's not the first debate topic. <laughs> no, the first topic we're going to jump into uh, is is not is not whether or not. I am disappointed in my finish because a lot of people were calling me out. Fair to say that I said that if I didn't, if I finished tied for 25th or something like that, I would be disappointed. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, how do you feel finishing? I did 70th? see someone say, wow, Brody, 71st place. You let 52 year old Barry Schultz beat you. <laughs> to be fair, Barry Schultz was, just, was being was a lot say, of people. You should have picked any other per- player in the field than Barry Schultz. Barry Schultz has won this event multiple times. and was on the lead card round two. And that, this is that all, guy is filthy at this course. The, the cool thing about this course, too, after playing it, is it's very similar to the Masters in the sense that age doesn't really matter. Yeah, like you, you just got to com- keep the disc in bounds. Yeah, you don't have to be able to throw 500 feet. And it helps, but it, you don't have well, to. Well, it only helps on a couple holes. Yes. It's, it's not like these other courses where if you have big distance, it's a huge, huge advantage. Um, and if anything, this course does actually punish people that throw too far. Because there's a lot of times where OB actually don't doesn't come into play unless you throw too far. So, um, yeah, I mean, Barry Schultz for a hot minute there, everyone was getting a little sweaty there seeing him at the top of the lead card. I was so excited. So I wanted to Barry, I wanted Barry to win so bad. But it's an exciting tournament. I mean, there yeah, was there was like is. three or four it people in, conten- in contention going into the final day. Uh, the weather out there was up and down, which made you know uh, some people play worse and some people were able to kind of make a little bit of a jump. But uh, you know, I was kind of in the Barry. I was almost the Barry Schultz mind of where like I came out hot. Yeah, I think I was five or six under through the you first five eight or something, seven, seven yeah. something like that. I remember saying it on a story. And then uh, those I, were the days. Yeah, and then I early in round one. <laughs> and then I ended up. I think I ended up actually shooting over par through those first six or seven holes combined that's how bad i played those holes the rest of the tournament but first time out there it was a lot of fun hopefully i will be back out there if i can qualify next year uh it was an awesome event but with that being said i think the first topic we have to get into is this like awkward situation of where paul Macbeth makes this incredible putt wins the usdgc 
wins a major. And then you've got flip, flip the script a few hours earlier, Missy Gannon makes this crazy late charge and kind of just like, you know, tells everyone like, come and get me. No one could track her down. She ends up pulling it off and winning. And it's just an A tier. Yeah. It, it didn't feel like an A tier. That's so, to me, that's so weird. Oh, it's definitely weird. It's so what's, what's even weirder is the year before this exact tournament was a major, the women's national championship. Same course. Same course. Same so event. everything was the same. Everything was the same as a major. So what is the reasoning that? They canceled U.S. women's the year before because it was early in the year, COVID. They canceled U.S. women's. They let women's nationals take place of it because USDGC was happening. Okay. Um. So this year, U.S. women's happened. And so then U.S. women's is only FPO. USDGC is only MPO. So Enova still wanted to run this tournament, still run this event. And the PDGA basically said, here's an A tier. What makes it even worse is that this event was run two to three times better, I would say, than US, US women's. Because I heard zero complaints from FPO players. Um, and this was an A tier. And US women's, I heard numerous complaints all the time. Mm. And that was a major. Um, so... Yeah, I don't, I, I don't really think there's too much to debate. Maybe someone will call in tonight and, and talk about how yeah. like you can have... It's to me, it's kind of weird because I am I am on the boat that I think eventually the tours are going to have to separate and they're going to have to be uh, you know different streams or whatever it may be. I'm on that boat, but all these people that want the same stuff, it's it's just wild to me that they can play the same exact course. Obviously, a little bit shorter, right? But one is a major and one's not. I don't think. I don't know. I don't think there's really that much to say there. Someone might call in and disagree with us. I would love to kind of chat and see what people have to say uh, about that. But yeah. I just thought that was a weird, a weird well, one. Yeah, to me, it's just the PDGA should, in my opinion, should have given U.S. women's to USDGC and just let. Because that's the other thing that's weird to me is like USDGC is seen by so many as the most prestigious tournament. Mm -hmm. Some people see it as gimmicky, sure. I think the reason it's seen by many as the most prestigious tournament in disc golf is because of the history that is at Winthrop Gold year after year after year after year. Mm -hmm. It's the only one of the only tournaments that we have that's a major that's all actually that's one yeah, it might be the only tournament up to this point that's been running as a major that's at the same course year after year after year. Most of the other ones rotate. European Open is always there, but that happens like every other year, basically. Um now they're trying to make it every year, but obviously we haven't been able to go for a few years because of COVID. Um so what's weird to me is throughout all of this there's an opportunity for the women to take part in this history yeah and have a major the u.s major decided on the same place the same course uh you know obviously top tier run tournament every year and yet they did it last year it worked and yet this year they still gave it back split it again i'm yeah. hoping next year they just put them together u.s dgc is the same title for both mm -hmm. and just let it be the same tournament but that's not what happened this year. Even if they wanted to be separate tournaments and it's the Throw Pink Women's Championship and it's a major and it's the USDGC for the men, it's a major. I'm fine with that too. That's the still the name doesn't matter to me. Well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't but, matter too much, but I think it does simplify things if you're just like... This it is, does make more sense if it's the same tournament. Yeah. Yes. I just think the, the course, the tradition behind the course, all of that. And major props to Enova and Throw Pink because I thought that the layout they did for mm -hmm. FPO was the best we've seen all year and that... It kept the same facets of the course to where it was still the same recognizability as a fan watching, yep. but it made it 
a shorter, better layout that suited the women's game so that they were still yeah. able to attack the holes the same way the men attacked by just adjusting the tee or moving the baskets in one take one or two cases. Yep. But they were also out there. This is very impressive to me. So they had Dean's Cup Friday and Saturday. Tee off at seven forty. Yeah. They changed everything. Then yep. they had US then they had the Throw Pink women's tee off. I think their first tee was a little after like eight something. So there was like a thirty minute gap. And basically for Dean's Cup, Innova was following Dean's Cup around because they had the course was still set up from USDGC. Dean's Cup was playing the men's layout, USDGC layout. They were following them picking up the entire tent, benches, everything from the tee, carrying it to the women's tee. So that when the women teed off, that was yeah. there. And then they gave themselves a 30-minute gap, and the they were following of, the women. The amount of work that was done there, I mean, you could tell that they put a lot of effort into it. And yeah, stuff, there was, so. and they gave enough gaps in between it. There was never a point where the women showed up and yep. their tee wasn't ready or the men showed up and their tee wasn't ready. And they put that same amount of energy and attention into college disc golf, Yeah, which is a whole nother thing. No, it was a completely so, well-thought-out tournament. Yeah, I was so. very, very impressed. Um, let's jump into the live scoring issues. Mm. Um, and, and I think first, firstly, we'll say like, luckily, you know, Paul ended up winning and, and that's not a, that's not a, a knock at Kyle at all. Um, but if you tuned into the Nick and Matt show, I believe Paul kind of went in a little bit and you guys were there too firsthand. Yes. So you were able to hear kind of what was going on. Um, I was in the midst of like driving back to Virginia and I was looking at UDisc and I was trying to figure out what was going on. The problem right now that UDisc has is if someone wants to go in after the fact and change something, okay? And and this has happened this happened almost every round that I was doing scores where someone had put a three for a four or a four for a three and kind of mixed it up. And so you'd go back and be like, oh, okay, you got that. You got that. That that's something that you're is going to be commonplace, right? The fact that UDisc right now has it set up to where if someone starts doing that, it just starts, you just start seeing it happen. There is no, like they basically can go in and change something and then hit save and then boom, it just changes. We're now seeing, so like at one point, Kyle Klein had a one-shot lead. Then it went down to him being tied. Then it went down to Paul having a one-shot lead. Then it went back to him being tied. And all that was happening is they were going back and changing, oh, you got you birdied hole one and you parred this hole. We got those mixed up. Let me go back. So luckily, you were on the tee, so you can kind of talk a little bit about what Paul happened. But luckily it didn't affect the outcome of yeah. Paul not winning. But if Paul laid up essentially, right? Paul played for a par on 17 thinking that all he had to do was par out and he'd go into a playoff, I believe is what it was. Right. And so his mindset was like, I'm going to play for par on 17. I'll go for a birdie on 18. If I don't get it, then I'm in a playoffs. Uh, kind of. So we were on the walk from 16 to 17 is when this was all going down. Scores right. Kyle Klein has a circle two putt for birdie on 18. Um, and I believe he currently had Paul by one, which was the correct score. Correct. Um, we get to the T of 17 and it had adjusted to Paul being up by one. Yep. When Paul's about the T on 17, we didn't think this is like a going back scoring. We thought what hadn't updated was where Kyle Klein's location was. So all of us thought Kyle Klein ran the putt win ob um, and then tapped out he was done in the clubhouse paul had him no one, one like clicked on him to see exactly well, it's still, what it's that it still said putting from circle two 
mm. on uh, hole 18, but all of us just assumed that 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 just hadn't updated and the score was right. Okay. So we, at no point did it cross our mind that the score wasn't right. Um, so that's when Paul threw a safe shot on 17 because in his head, he goes par, par, he wins. He wins, yep. And the walk from 17 down to his drive is when it updates back to the correct score. Okay. It still says putting circle two on 18, but it's now the correct score. Paul's and now back. Paul has seen it change a yeah. couple of times. So now in his head, he's thinking, I don't know what to believe. Exactly. So that's when Paul is now down one or he might have been tied because it changed so many times. Mm -hmm. But regardless, he knew I don't trust the live score anymore. So now he's 60 feet away on 17. Incredible. Runs the putt like a crazy person. Incredible. I mean, he had to. Bangs that putt. But then I think that's also what went into his decision on 18 was he was on circle two. It said finalized. Kyle Klein's score was in there. I think in the back of Paul's head, he still didn't fully trust it because mm. he had a putt that if he missed, he lost the tournament. Yep. Um, He could have laid up and went to a playoff. And I think Paul would have been comfortable going into a playoff just because... Kyle Klein hasn't been in that situation. Yeah, I think Paul, I mean, and in those Paul's, situations, 1v1, Paul's feeling good about yeah, his Yeah, Paul's been in that situation in a major And hole one suits, multiple it, suits his, his throwing style perfectly, yeah. straight back and putter. But I think in the back of Paul's head, he knew, I don't know if this score's right. I, yeah, it's almost like, uh, I don't want to leave it to the judges. Exactly. Like, I want to In his I head, he was just like, it. I got to play like I'm down. Yeah. And so he ran the putt, chained out, fell, uh, and then tapped it, the and history. it went to the playoff, yeah. so on and so forth. But... So in this situation, it it's ended up being wild. okay. It, it ended, ended up, up being out. okay. But if Paul hadn't made the putt on 17, yeah, then he would have lost the tournament all because on the tee, he thought he, was he good. thought he had a lead that he didn't actually have. Yeah. So, and I don't really know the best solution. I think well, it is what you said, so, but the issue is what you're saying is basically you go in and you update everything, right? And then you hit save and it updates it. Mm -hmm. What if the same situation could have happened if, like they say, let's say they didn't, they had Kyle Klein for a birdie. Or they didn't have him for a birdie on one, and he was tied with Paul going to 17. Mm -hmm. And so Paul's like, oh, I'm going to just play safe and go to a playoff. Yeah. Then no, they I don't, go I don't back think, and adjust I don't and hit think my, save. Yeah, I don't think my situation saves saves the problem. I'll, I'll jump into what I think can could actually help. All I'm saying is I think having it to where if if there is some sort of error and you're going back and trying to change it, or even we see this on, we see this on um, holes all the time mm -hmm. where someone will put down like circle one after a tee shot, and then all of a sudden – like you see them going, oh wait, circle two, oh no, OB, and you kind of see stuff fluctuating. I don't think we should be able to see stuff fluctuate if it's being corrected. Yes. If now, obviously, the live aspect of it, when someone tees off, yes, we want to see is that in the fairway? Yes, is it OB? We want to see the next shot. Is it circle one? Is it circle two? We want to see that live. But if it comes out to where at the end of the hole, because people, some people really care about their stats, others don't. So I've played with people to where the hole ends and they'll go to the UDIS people and be like, hey, that was a circle two putt, not a circle one putt. And so the UDIS person has already has them tapped out or whatever, making and the goes putt. Backwards. They go backwards, clear it and do everything again. Yeah. And now everyone's seeing it for a second time being like, what the heck's going on? Um, I've all seen that happen with Paul before of like his drive, it says off the fairway. And then it just randomly goes away and you're like, He's back on the tee. And it's yeah. like, oh, he's in the fairway now. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Or, oh, now he's OB. So I think that will eliminate a little bit of the confusion. But I think the real thing is, is right now we're having volunteers. And uh, Trevor, at one point, had to actually like do our live scoring. Because I think USDGC did a good job of being like, hey, we don't want the players having to take on that burden of doing that. We actually had, I don't know, this is another topic at a different time. But they had each player taking everyone's score. 
So we had four scorecards between the players and then a UDIS score as well. And the paper so was had, the official. We had and then one of the papers was the official. Um, so lots, lots of scoring going on. But I think to kind of solve this is you can't pay for people. You can't pay for official scorekeepers. There's not enough money right now. So thinking about that is not going to happen. But I think they could do a better job of giving incentives or uh, discs or par- parking. I don't know. Make well, it to where like, make mistakes it to where, are going to happen. No, I know. But I'm saying make it to where uh, people are more incentivized to do the, the scoring and then have them like, again, this doesn't solve the problem, but have them like be aware of either video being going through showing how UDIS scoring is or you have um, something the day before the tournament where all the UDIS scorers that are going to be doing the tournament come for a 30-minute seminar on how to do it because I, I didn't have anyone at U, uh, I didn't have anyone at USDGC, but I've had people in the past that are just like thrown into doing it because mm-hmm. there's no one else and they've never done it before. Yeah, and I think what UDIS provides is really valuable information if it's correct and statistics is something that media something that sponsorships all these different kind of people can all uh use and are very valuable but if the statistics aren't accurate then you know if we can't trust them same thing similar situation where paul he couldn't trust the score if we can't trust the stats that we're seeing then they're useless yeah so i think there is something to be said about like trying to figure out a way of um I don't know. Try to figure out a way of like the people that are doing it know what they're doing, but it's such a hard thing because you're not paying them. They're volunteers. They're spending their time. Well, I think the doing solution, it. it's so hard to. When I've shown up, I've done live scoring for Idlewild and Ledgestone and stuff like that before, and Paul. It was Waco, I think, actually. I was doing live scoring for Paul's card, uh, but Paul's always very vocal to at least to me. Maybe it's just because he knows me. When I'm before, when I like am about to do live scoring, he's like, "Hey." When we get to the T, I want you to read out every score you have for us and get the player's verbal confirmation before we start the next hole. Yeah, I don't like that. But that you solves know, it. You know, my that thing. hole one, boom, it's solved. That's yeah. The whole, this, you're seeing the exact representation of why I was against your idea is what just happened to Paul. Well, th- I mean, there's just so many Because this, in this situation, the whole issue is hole one. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Well, so no, it's if two I holes. Get, it was two holes. Okay, so, but it was early in the round. Hole one, one of them was wrong, and I think hole five or something. But if I walk to hole two's T and I say, Kyle, three, Brody, six. Sorry. Uh, Paul, wow. three, Jeez. Ricky, four. Shots. Can we do a Caesar this guy over here, Silas, please? <laughs> and then I just the same random numbers. <laughs> no, and then, I, I And then you no, go, I'm no, I had dis- a three. Kyle says I had three. I'm not disagreeing with you. I change him there. No that, solves, that solves the problem. But it adds, you throw, it adds a smaller problem. If you have a random volunteer in and the volunteer is on a card of, and it's Kyle Klein, Ricky, this is the card, right? Kyle Klein, Ricky, Joel Freeman. Yeah, they're not going to. They're not going to. They're not talking to They're them. not going to be like, hey, so guys, what'd you get? If, if I yeah. walk up to Hole 2's T and no, right. they already did scores, I'm not double checking. I'm no, like, you're right. You're right. So I think that needs to be like a set thing. Like the players know the scorekeeper is going to be the one that asks you to score. I just hate that. I don't care what you hate. I think it would have solved it. I just hate that so much, Silas. I don't like it. You can hate whatever you want to hate. I, I think that would have solved like it. it. Can we agree that would have solved this problem? No, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. That would have solved it. Boom. But but now you're adding another problem that's smaller. It's a smaller problem. I don't see where that's a problem. Okay. Well, personally. Agree to disagree. Okay, let's let's talk about something though, because I think we're gonna actually disagree on this. Best playoff format. Okay, so 
the playoff happens. Yeah. And I tweet out, uh, could you imagine if this was a 18 hole playoff the next day? How insane that would be. So you're yeah. already shaking your head. I, I mean, I hate that. You hate that. I know. I know you do. I knew you were going to say that too. Now I did put this poll out. Okay. Yeah. And I looked up how, um, golf's four majors, how they do their playoff system. So the masters is sudden death. Okay. I think they go to hole 18 and then if 18's a tie, I think they go 17, 18, something like that. Um, the PGA championship is a three hole aggregate aggregate. So you play three holes combined score of those three, uh, us open is an 18 hole playoff. So that's what I was talking about. Us open. Um, and then the open is a four hole aggregate. So you play four holes combined score of those four lowest wins. Um, of those four, the there, I think there was two that had like 10% and then sudden death was 75%. Yeah. Now well, there's just nothing like it. Well, hear me out. I think, I think certain things. Okay. A couple of things here. I think the masters, for example, sudden death works really, really well because it's on holes. Like 18 is a really freaking good finishing hole at Augusta. Really good. So having them have to replay that again, phenomenal. And also it's perfect for the ending, right? Cause you're already right there. Uh, cause it is kind of weird sometimes where you're like on hole seven and someone wins. And it's like not set up for having a huge yeah. crowd. Yeah. Um, my only knock on USDGC being a sudden death is I don't think hole one is a good playoff hole to to have a sudden death on. So what they used to do, the whole the loop at USDGC has always been one, 17, 18, those three holes, because they're all right there. Mm-hmm. So the gallery can watch them and you don't end up Was on Was it hole. one, the forehand hole? When it was the forehand hole? No, this is all, all the way back. 2014 when it was a playoff. Well, one, one used to be hole six or hole five. Wait, no, one. One no, used to be three. hole Sorry, three. Hole three, hole three. That was only for one year. Okay, so you're not counting that. Okay. No, because there wasn't a playoff that okay. year. I don't know what they would have done that year. They might have just. Can done we agree though that hole one's not the greatest of finishing holes? Yes, we can it's, agree on that because it's it's, it's it should be birdie. But I mean, with the pressure, it gets tough. But there's not. Sure, but it's not like a great. Seventeen, eighteen are great playoff holes. Seventeen, eighteen are great. So you use both of those. You gotta have five. One. Would be kind of phenomenal. Too far out. We mean too far out. You don't want to end and then the ceremony be. A half mile away. No, no, I know. I, I was, I wasn't saying like placement wise. Yeah. I was talking about just the actual yeah, hole yeah, yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. But what I liked is the old playoffs of 2014 when it went to a playoff. It was mm-hmm. the same three holes: 18, 1, 17, the exact same pin placements too as mm-hmm. a, as this year. Mm-hmm. But they went back to 18 first. Yeah. So they made you replay 18 immediately. Yeah, I think 18 is way better. That's than when one. Johnny McRae lost the playoff. That's right. Yep. And then it went to one. Yep. And that's when Paul ended up losing in 2014. Yep. It was on one. Which is interesting that both years that I've seen a playoff on USCGC, it's ended on one. Okay. Uh, interesting. An- answer me this. I just want to say. Why don't you like 18? Why don't you like 18 hole the next day? Well, Kyle Klein, Paul McBeth, hole one, 18. Let's go. Seven holes in. Kyle Klein's up six. I'm bored. I'm turning you, it off. Oh, you think it, the tournament's over? Are you kidding? You were talking about whole 17 I mean, and 18. It's at, not over till it's over. At USDGC, sure, but I'm well, saying... Well, that's, that's where we're at. That's, an 18-hole playoff doesn't work on any course. Uh, but, but I'm at, saying is but you could very that, qui- it could very quickly get out of hand to where there's a 10-stroke lead, and now it could. USDGC strokes swing all the time. All the time. We saw Paige Pierce lose 22 strokes no, in one round. I know. So let's say Paige, okay. 
Faith I Pierce still is think in a playoff I, with Valerie Mandahano. She loses 18 strokes in 12 holes. And we got to watch six more holes of golf to declare the winner. That sucks. This is what this is what I'll tell you to do. Go home. Okay. I plan on it. Type in YouTube.com. Yeah. Okay. And type in Tiger Woods, Rocco Media, US Open playoff. And just, it's only like 18 or 20 minutes. I'm sure they have it's electric. Just watch it. But it could suck. Just watch. There well, is yeah. no way a sudden death playoff. There's sudden no way death it sucks. sucks. Kyle no Klein sucks. Threw, a, threw a bad shot, didn't have a putt. It's over. That was electric. Paul had to make a 35-foot putt. He that hit wasn't it. That wasn't that electric. Let's be real. You weren't, I mean, you weren't on the grounds. No, it was a good putt for sure. But I'm saying like, no one's thinking, like as soon as Kyle threw that, it was like, oh, Paul has a chance to win. Yeah. There's no thought of like Kyle can like work himself back. Now he imagine one... if he goes to Kyle goes to hole two and then Paul birdies it again. All I'm saying and now Kyle's down two. All I'm two. saying is I li- hole six, I like all the, the playoffs. I like all the playoffs. I like all death, I li- the best. I like all the different playoffs. I think sun death works for certain courses and certain holes that are there. I don't like sun death hole one. That's that's all I want to say. I would have sure. loved it if they would have done eighteen and then seventeen, eighteen, seventeen, eighteen. It's just that's a long walk between and hole one, you get to walk up hole one's fairway. Long walk for who? Everyone. Like the spectators? Gallery, players, Well, media. the players should just be hopping on a golf cart. When they you- had like five golf carts taking <laughs> us from the... what? But then you got to let players five- walk. Why? What's wrong with one? It's ended USDGC, the playoff, twice. I just... I could be wrong. I just don't think it's that great of a hole to Why? decide a major on. Why? That's, that's my opinion. Why? Because it's just a straight backhand uh, like putter shot. Sometimes the easiest holes that make you mess up. It's happened twice now. Okay. Well, you know, it is what it is. I will say that I think I I do like seeing some people disagreeing with it, which is good. I mean, I think I, I, there's a reason why there's multiple. I will say I would like, I'd like the three hole aggregate way more than 18 holes because that at least keeps you engaged. If they went one, 17, 17 18, three hole aggregate. Yeah. That, I I would like that more than 18 hole. I still yeah. like sun death the most, but 18 hole, especially at a course like USDGC, it could be a thrilling round. It could be the most boring thing we've ever watched. And it's like, wow, well, here, that sucks that okay. we stayed an extra day to watch that. Let's at, let me ask you this. And also uh, in disc golf, you got to remember. Well, I mean, people, people can talk about football games like that too. You go to a football game, it's a blowout and you're like, wow, wasted a day going to that game. But I mean, imagine, any, if to, sports, imagine if it went to, imagine if it went to, a well, playoff. Let's talk about soccer. And because, it says let's talk about soccer we got a whole nother yeah, game. No, let's talk about soccer or something. Because to me, soccer, I would love after what is it, 90 minutes of play, mm-hmm. I think. I would love it just to go straight to penalty kicks. Absolutely. PKs. Absolutely. But they don't. Yeah, that sucks. I've turned off many soccer games in extra time. See, so like I agree with the study the sun death kind of aspect of let's go to PKs and like see it out. I don't know. I'm trying to think how hockey does it. Does hockey have extra time and then I've they never, go to I've never watched a shootout? Hockey. I don't know. It's just, I think, you know, different people have different tastes and whatnot. I think it works better for a sport like basketball. It works great the five minute or whatever, depending on what level you're at, mm-hmm. overtime period. Because well, yeah. it's such a back and forth, fast paced game. Yeah. Golf, 18 holes and disc golf, I, I would hate it. Because it, it, sometimes it might be cool, might be sick. But other times it might be I like, I think it just makes, I think it's the worst thing ever. I don't know. And th- th- it could be a money thing. It could literally be a money thing of where the U.S. Open's like, we can make so much more money by having another day. Oh, absolutely. It could be a money thing. I don't know. All I'm saying is watch that Tire Woods Rocco Media thing 
And I would love to hear your opinion after that because I guarantee I, you it's going to be sudden death. No matter what <laughs> happens, that's one round. But what sure, if, it could but be what amazing. Because I was going to say, what if Paul and Kyle go back and forth? Sure, that would be amazing. Forth, back and forth. But I think I'm going to get the same amount of excitement in sudden death. Okay. Because if they're going back and if it's like sudden death and they're just playing out of their minds, they could go 117, 18, 10 times. Well, then did that happen one year, right? Where they're just uh, Ken Climo, Barry Schultz. I think they birdied like. 12 holes or something in a row. Yeah, something that was like a 14 hole playoff. Yeah, and there's burning nuts. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. No, I I here's the thing. I don't I'm not saying sudden death is bad. I never said that. You just said it wasn't as good. No, I didn't. I said it depends on the course. I At USDGC. To me, USDGC, if you're like you guys are tied, you have to come back and play 18 holes tomorrow. Like what? What's the, what? Are, what is your answer? Oh, I don't. I can't take off work or like, I get okay. No, I mean I would well, show back up. I would just be like, this is stupid. We have four more hours of daylight. Why aren't we playing sudden death right now? Hmm. When the whole gallery's here, I don't know. I would. I would here. just personally be excited for. It's the whole like free live. football. It's the whole free football. You've got like an awesome game going on, and then it's an overtime. I see what you're saying. Like it's an overtime that you have to wait for the yeah. next day. Football, they literally do sudden death. Imagine it's like, all right, tomorrow these two teams are going to play the well, exact same match they I mean, just they played. They can't do that in football. Let's be real. But well, yeah, they right. shouldn't do it in any sport. Okay. Oh, so you're you're not a fan of that in any sport? Well, basketball it works. Soccer I hate because you have penalty kicks. But hockey like, I would hate too. I would want I hockey would just go straight I think, to shoot. I feel like it does go to an extra period. I think it depends. I think it's. Like I think football, it's different. I think it's different. Silas said, "Yeah." No, I think hockey if they tie in during the regular season, it's just a tie. It's like football. There's no overtime. Football, I think I think they maybe do one overtime in the NFL during the regular season. You can say, have yeah, a tie, you can, but you it's can hard to get to. That's why it's rare. Well, it's just when no one scores. Soccer, it's not hard to get to. No, they they finish in ties all the time. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. Let's. Uh. If you're confused about that whole situation, let's talk real quick about this tweet that we got because I'm I'm still trying to understand what exactly this is. So I'll read it real quick. This is from a, a disc golf blog. I don't know if he'll call in tonight. He was thinking about calling in. It'll be awesome if he does because I think I think we could have an interesting conversation. But uh, we'll see. He said, uh, under capital, capitalism, a few elite sports stars are created by media to engage viewers and used by firms to sell products. As a result, fans miss out on stories and insights from mid-level performers. That's why our interest in Mr. Smith's underdog story makes a proletarian awakening, which I've never heard that before. And you looked it up. Worker class, like Work. middle, mid class. Okay. Uh, then this MP golf guy responds saying, is Brody's story really a capitalist underdog story? He had a viewer engagement at a level, a level inevitable by, by the biggest disc golf Enviable. stars. What? Enviable, not inevitable. Oh, that's a big, that's a big switch. That's why I, corrected you. <laughs> I was, was going to say inevitable, inevitable works is, too. No, enviable is like, they're jealous of you. Inevitable means like, well, of course it was going to happen. Okay. And has only been an underdog on the course where he has indeed risen fast. Media success helped create his opportunity instead of opposite. Maybe. Uh, and then he responds saying, but Mr. Smith hasn't been really good at a sport since ultimate, not ball golf, not disc golf yet. Via social media, he has captured our attention slash money. Social media can redistribute power by transforming the relationship between fans and the sports media complex. So a couple of things to, that I do understand. One that I would, I would probably 
uh, not agree with is this idea that um, elite sports stars are created by media. Um, I, I, I do think the media definitely tries to push certain people um, on, on, on the fans. And I don't know if it really works that well. I mean, in some cases, but they have to be somewhat already popular. If they just took some random person and, and they started have pushing, to, they have to have some sort of thing. They have to have like a great personality. They have to have something. Yes. Yeah. There's got to be something that you're pushing. Yes. They don't latch on to the media. Brian Scalabrini. Yeah. They try to push. Them. Well, Brian Scalabrini is an electric person. I was just, I tried to pick the like most random yeah. person in my head. And for some reason that was the person came up. So I, I don't really necessarily agree with that. And then, um, I would also probably disagree a little bit with the idea that, uh, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people try to like put me down by saying that I'm not good, which you have to define. It, it, good. it just depends on what good is because in your opinion is if good is like top 30 disc golfer in the world, then yes, I'm not good at disc golf. Yeah. But here, like I, if someone asked, I would me, say you're good. I would at disc consider golf. myself good at disc golf. Yeah, I think that's. I don't know. I, it's just hard to. But I mean, also, th this one guy was pulling up information too uh, about golf. You would you'll get a kick out of this because you think golf's really easy. I don't um, think golf's easy. I just went to the driving range. There is and hit a hundred balls, and about five of them went where I wanted. The percentage of like scratch golfers in the world is like very small. Here's a shocking very thing. small. Nate Heinold's a scratch golfer. Oh, do I need to play with him? I think you might need to have a match with Nate Heinold. I might have to play with Nate Heinold and see. I just remember him telling us that like he might not be anymore. A few years ago he well, was. Well, but you can still tell if someone had the ability of being a scratch golfer. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not anywhere near scratch anymore for sure, but you you can kind of still see signs of greatness. Um and then this kind of got to a weird thing too because uh a lot of people started like taking this a weird direction and uh, start saying how like disc golf, I gained a whole bunch of fans and stuff. Like if you go to my Instagram account, I have lost maybe like 70,000 followers <laughs> since picking up disc golf. Yeah. So like the net positive, like the net of like, I'm sure I've, I've gained some fans from disc golf specifically, but, you've lost more than you've gained. but I've lost drastic. I mean, my fans, my 2.2 million subscribers and all that, that came from doing Frisbee trick shots and dude. Perfect. That's what that was. And, and that's kind of what YouTube is. YouTube. You see a lot of people have tons and tons of subscribers and then they kind of start going away from the content that got them all those subscribers and people don't really unsubscribe on YouTube. They just don't watch your content anymore. Yeah. So that's, that's what it is. Uh, but hopefully that guy calls in cause I feel like that guy always chirps on Twitter, but I've never actually talked to him. So we'll see. Um, chat chats is loving that. So we'll go real quick. Uh, before we open calls here, we'll go real quick into the disc golf pro tour championship. That's coming up. Uh, that will be played at Hornets nest, mm -hmm. uh, in Charlotte this week. And, uh, we'll go a little bit into the brackets and I don't believe prize picks has we checked. I checked right before we started. I don't believe they had lines up. Yeah, it doesn't look like they have lines up. So maybe they'll have them up 
uh, for grip lock. So maybe tune into that. Um, but we do want to obviously thank our sponsor price picks, um, for, for getting into disc golf as well. Uh, price picks are the first and only disc golf or first and only daily fantasy site to offer disc golf. Uh, the game is simple. All you have to do is pick an over or an under on player stats to win a multiple of your entry fee. You must combine at least two players to make an entry. The more players in the entry, the higher the payout. Use code DEBATE and new users will get 100% first deposit match up to $100. So use code DEBATE and you can get 100% of your first deposit match up to $100. Do you want to talk a I little say, bit I do want to say about how you did at USDGC? Because I know no. you were writing. No. You don't want to bring it up bring at all. It. I will bring up the the picks I made on debate night were the only ones I that hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think initially... It wasn't great, I but think it, it happened. It's going to be interesting to see how... Cause I, cause obviously you're, you're a great mind in disc golf and I feel like you probably have a good idea of what people are going to do. USDGC I think you see that just, course is like, let me just explain this. That course is just such a wild. Let course. me explain this. So there was a bunch of players in contention the final day. I'll talk about this more in grip locked during our like wrap up segment. There's a bunch of players in contention the final day. My thought process, one of those players, multiple of those players are going to push for the win. So therefore if I take every player in contention on the under, there's no way I lose. So I took the Chris Dickerson under, didn't hit. Took the Drew Gibson under, didn't hit. Took the Paul McBath under, he won, didn't hit. And took the Ricky under, didn't hit. The only thing that hit was I took the Adam Ham is over. As I'm <laughs> like, well, I've got to have an over, so I'll just throw a random person in there, threw Adam in, and yeah. So, But I what did it's, hit it's was my the, finishing places. Yeah, you actually were very good with your finishing places. I had Ricky under three he finished in third so that mm -hmm. just basically made it a two two player yeah. flex play james comrade had under 12 and a half he finished in 20th so that didn't work but then i had ezra over seventh yeah and he played very well came in 12th but he didn't come in seventh so there we go yeah i got i guess a uh, 0.5, <laughs> 0. Of 0. Your 0.5 multiplier. so uh, yeah no i think ended I the week with a lot less than I came into the week with. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how this bracket thing works out because I think Hornet's Nest is a course that isn't going to generate as crazy of a range. Well, yeah. where you, you, you'll you know going Paige, in what's going to happen. We saw Paige Pierce shoot. How many strokes was it different from her previous round? Uh, 22? Than her previous round? She lost 22 strokes she shot her next competitor. She shot what seven under and then shot 18, 18 over. over. So 25 strokes. So 25 strokes swing. I was, I, and took it wasn't... The, I took the under on page that round <laughs> and it was 20 strokes off. Yeah. So I, I don't think we're going to see that at Hornet's Nest where someone goes out Gosh, and shoots no. 10 I under and then the next day they shoot 10 over. So I think maybe you'll have a better chance, but let's kind of go into look at the brackets real quick. Um, if you haven't already, I don't know why this is so. You can actually in. enter on UDIS. They have like a bracket challenge going on. Oh, really? Um, we'll have to get. In. I'm already in. I already put mine. I'll in. have to get but, in. But uh, we'll all have to get in. I think you can win like a free Bushnell. Do they have like points? Like in, they have points and stuff set up mm -hmm. for bracket. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you can enter it all through UDIS Live. So it looks like uh, on the FPO side, you have Paige, Cap, Missy, and Sarah all already in the semifinals. Yes. Which this is wild to me because if you're in that position. All you have to do is get 50, 50, uh, 50, per, what? 50, top percentile? 50%. Uh, you just have to get in the half top half. So if you go top half, then 
you win out of four, you win $30,000. Like that's if you win twice, basically. No, you don't you even have to win four, twice. You, you can get fourth. You can, you can get you can fourth, go fourth and, and first. Then fit first. You got to win. You, well, yes. you got to win at the end, but you only have to beat three people. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to beat four people out. Then you only have to beat three people out and you win $30,000. Yeah. So like, man, these four ladies that were able to get to the semifinals, that's like We should probably talk a little bit on how it works. So basically... Oh, yeah. For people are probably FPO, like, what the heck is going on? For the on? FPO, there's a quarterfinal, semifinal, final. For the MPO, I think there's one additional round. I could be miss. There might be... Yeah, there's got to be only one additional round. Um, but essentially, each round, the top four finishers out of that round advance. Mm-hmm. And then based on your finishing place, you might already have a buy. So a player... I forget who the top four are. I believe it's Eagle, Paul... Oh, on the MPO side? Eagle, Paul, Ricky, Calvin... If I had to just do it off the top of my head, uh, it is Ricky Eagle, oh, Calvin, Paul, eight. Adam, Kyle, Kevin, James. Okay, yeah. so that's the top eight. So uh, top, yeah. So the top eight basically get two buys, and then nine through sixteenth get, get one quarterfinals, buy. and then seventeenth through thirty-two starts from the start thing. So. so what's interesting about this format though is if you're one through eight, so Ricky Eagle, Calvin, Paul, mm-hmm. etc., you aren't gonna. Have, there's two days where you can't practice the course at all. You can practice after they're done. I'm okay, pretty sure. Like, I'm almost positive. Like, I'm you're not going to sure. get a like full on practice whenever you want. But I'm pretty sure, like when when if I don't know who's playing first or last. If FPO's playing last, like let's say they're on hole seven, like there's people practicing on hole five. Like they're keeping a a whole buffer in between the two. I'm almost. I'm almost. That didn't pos- happen last year. I think it did. No, I remember. I vividly remember players complaining because they couldn't practice the course. Interesting. I that's I, why that's I why they I said heard. players got hot. Was players first round? They got to play the course three times. Maybe those were people that didn't know didn't know that was available. Possibly, possibly. Because I'm pretty sure I've heard from people that said that. I would be shocked if it was. I'd be shocked if it was only one hole buffer. Well, I think they they basically just told them like, don't get in as long as you don't get in the way, you're fine. Okay, I'd be shocked if it was one hole buffer. Um, but on the FPO side, I you know I we won't dig too much into this, but you know I think right now, uh, obviously I think the front runner has to be Missy. Um, coming from the confidence boost, I'm going to say either Missy or Haley probably takes it down. Haley won this tournament last year. Um, I have a sneaky pick. Who's that? I think Sarah Hokum. Hokum. I mean, it's tough to say it's a sneaky pick. She's golf? fourth. I don't think. No offense to Missy, she did just win. I don't think she's going to go back to back because I mean it's tough. But when you win a big tournament like that, like you have feel all the pressure in the world kind of come off of you, and then you have to like get back into a competitive mindset. Go back to week. back and win that 30K, Missy. I hope she Come does. On. I hope she does. Take yourself on um, a nice little I think trip Haley to King, the Bahamas. I think Haley King will push for it. Paige Pierce, I'm terrified of right now, so I don't know. That's why I kind of end up with Sarah. Paige could be an absolute killer, though. She yeah, could be Paige like, I'm could be pissed ticked off, off and she could just win shred. by 20. She could Katrina just by 20. Allen could shred. Haley King could shred. I mean, so that's the thing about this. It's like you only have to get hot for a few rounds. and You don't even yeah. have to get that hot because really you only have to go – um no you don't, you just have to play two good rounds exactly yeah you don't even have to play two good rounds you have to play one mediocre round and then a good round yeah and with that being said i'm gonna go ahead and say kevin jones wins oh gosh whoa That's just, that came year. out of nowhere he was one last year yeah i just I, I don't even know if i had him in my finals oh okay well i mean I, i'm just throwing it out there i think i think i'll, I'll go I over my kevin full jones. picks on grip locked on thursday um, I think Trevor and I will get a little more in depth about why. I do expect like a Yuli, uh, Yuli Nathan Queen push. Um, the Charlotte locals. 
Hey, Rocco, wa- Rocco wants to know why why are you being such a sour grape today? I mean, that's the point of the show. You I'm, being a sour grape. I'm here grape? to be the sour I grape. I don't feel like you're really sour though. No, I don't feel like I am. I hate maybe. sour grapes, by the way. Um, but yeah, thanks again to to Price Picks for sponsoring the episode. Make sure you guys use the code debate. Uh, go to prizepicks.com, use the code debate, get 100% first deposit match up to $100. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what those lines come out as. And I know they have mentioned a little bit about potentially adding, like they obviously did finishing place, which was new for USDGC. I think they're trying to sneaky, get into some other prop, uh, props with like, uh, birdies and stuff like that. So we'll see what, yeah, it was exciting to see finishing place be on there for USDGC. I love that. I liked that. I love that. It was the only thing that worked for me. So I really like that. Yeah. You really like that. All right. We went a little bit over. We always say we're going to go fast, and we never do. We went a little bit over, uh, but let's start taking some calls. We'll get Silas with the number up there. Uh, you can call in. The system in. is the same as last week, so... We are working on trying to find a better yeah. system where we get like a queue situation. So where it's, it's like, like you're, you're fourth in, in the queue. And then we... No, I think we go Squid Games. Oh. That Squid... You don't watch... You didn't watch Squid Games. I watched, watched the first one episode. episode. My wife, but like, like when they go into the staircase and they're walking around, if you if you watch Squid Games, you know exactly the song, the song I'm talking about. That would be the perfect like elevator music. I would love it. It looks like we had someone in the chat going hard. That uh, people golf, in the chat golf always is, go hard. is easier than disc golf. Oh, if that guy calls in, he will get destroyed. I just went out. For, and he will get destroyed. I just went out to the driving range for a solid like hour something today, and I can tell you, it's not. How many straight? How many straight shots did you hit? Five, five out of hundred. You hit five straight shots. I mean, I felt like I felt the five I hit. Were I they like, high? Yeah, they were good. Like shots. they were off the ground. Well, yeah, I was hitting you with the, like the high, the worst one I did, or not the worst. The lowest I went was a four iron, and I only hit like five. You didn't even hit drivers at all. No. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> oh, if there's God. other people on the range, I don't hit drivers. Well, because you're nervous about like hitting not someone? hitting them, but like it's gonna slice in front of all of them. Oh my god! Because I'm awful with the driver. So that yeah, I went to a four iron and then I worked my way back down. So, so my best shots were with like my nine iron and my seven iron. All right, do we have some also, calls here, Silas? Uh, no one. Also, someone said answer the dang phone. So I don't know what that means. If, if, if we don't have any calls yet, we already have a voicemail. So. Mute the phone. Um. Also, seven iron the. Is that your go-to? Driving range, downhill. So when I said numbers earlier. Oh, it's drastic. So you're at Top Golf hanging off the second It's not drastically, deck. drastically downhill, Let's go. but it's a, lot, me, it's a lot more downhill than I remember. Take me there and next. Today, take, I was only able to get my back. seven iron to like landing a little past 150. Okay, take me there. I don't know what I had claimed. I think I would claimed two something. You said 200. Which I feel like I could get the 200 no. at this driving range if I'm feeling it. Okay. Because I was, I didn't hit a single good ball with my seven iron today. You can today, take me and there was, and I'll, I'll, see, I'll see what it is. Phone isn't working. Oh boy. We tested it. Five and seven irons are my favorite clubs. It's definitely working. De- people definitely like. We're getting voicemails. Is it just not calling through? It's just not ringing. Who knows what's going on? Yeah, it's saying it's it went straight to voicemail. So I wonder if there's like some sort of setting that got clicked to where it's not. I don't know. Yeah, everyone's saying it's they, going straight They're to saying it now. can. It was ringing earlier. We can hear I people never heard calling it ringing. in. <laughs> I don't know how I can't hear them ringing, but they could hear it ringing. When you call, it says not available. Do I know Juan? Yeah, I know Juan. Here we go. Juan used to be my trainer. Juan's Silas is saying that beast. we've got someone coming in. 
Yeah, I hit my 7-iron 200. There's no way Hunter does. Hello, hello. Hey. Hey, who we got here? (laughs) Art Mitchell. Oh, hello. Where are you calling from? Stafford, Virginia. What's good? (laughs) Hey, well, I I don't have a lot to talk about, but do you guys realize how poor the video quality is? For your cameras tonight is the video the quality talking, trash silence been amazing but well good thing this really is a bad. good thing this is a podcast it, first silas is telling me it's great yeah silas is over here saying silas that it's looking crisp silas is as confident it's, as ever i think it's really it. good in the past silas is saying it's yeah, been amazing si- yeah everyone's saying the quality is great so i'm thinking sir you need to call Check up your out. internet provider to hit the setting in the bottom right and try make sure hd's on uh okay i don't all right have a good one sorry about that all right i think i think he's got bad internet i don't know to be fair i know let me check it i know how he's feeling because i had bad internet one time and it's not still do not have great internet let's just put that out there no 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 it's decent better it's decent now i think it's i think it's i mean i'm watching on my phone it's not the best we've ever had but it's not bad why is it worse than what we had is it because we're trying to go in 4K and it's like... Or we're not, not trying 4K. Let's or, calm down here. <laughs> I think I think the camera's... I don't know. We'll figure it out later. How are people hearing the phone ringing? I don't know, but, but I we love can't it. hear it ringing. I love it. I think it adds to this show. Hello, hello. Call from... Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Oh. I can hear... I can... Oh, oh I heard ringing again. there. Hello, hello. Hello. Hey, who we got calling? This is Seth calling from Richmond, Virginia. Hey, how's it going, Seth? Good, good. So my topic I want to hear your thoughts on is backup. As a fan of watching live disc golf, I hate when the cards hit backup. As an amateur player, I get that, you know, it's a fact of life fitting 72 people onto one course, but the pros should not have to sit through backups in courses. Like what makes live disc golf and live sports good is the fact that people have to react to the moment. And when you have to sit there for 45 minutes or even just five minutes on a hole, it completely destroys the moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's really anything to debate there. I, I I agree with you completely. I would say the only question mark I have right now is um, tee times, like placement. There's not enough times in between tee times, and that's because a lot of these events, they're trying to have FPO and MPO go out the same day, and so you end up having like 200 players on the course. And uh, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I don't, I don't think anyone likes backups. Do we need to cut the fields then? Or I mean, I, I'm I'm a huge component of cuts for sure. I always will be. I think I should have been cut after Thursday at USDGC. Yeah, people misunderstood that. Yeah, take. people definitely misunderstood that take where I was like, I, yeah. I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. Backups suck. Okay, well, less controversial than I thought, I guess. Yeah, no, we're with you on that one. All right, thank you guys. All right, take care.
I mean, I think maybe backups are only good for people that are like... We got a dono that said, we need more backups. So much fun. Wait, someone donated and said that? Right now, yep. I didn't even see that. Doc. Oh. Okay. No, the... That's definitely straight backups, troll action. Backups suck, but I don't think... It, I think it sucks more as a player than as a fan. Because as a fan, if you're live at the event, you get to watch, like, extra cards of golf. Mm. But I disagree. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> Sorry. Hello? Oh, Silas. There's just a lot of people There's calling, a lot of and, people hanging calling and hanging out. What is that? What's the version of Ding Dong Ditch for the phone call? Is there? Is there a We're thing? witnessing it right now. Hello, hello. Hey, this is. Hello. Yeah, we can hear you. This is Charles from Lancaster, Ohio. What's going on, Charles? Uh, not a whole lot. My uh, topic for you guys is just. I wanted to see how you guys feel about the FPO and MPO coverage. Like this weekend, it was really good when uh, FPO tees off well before the MPO and you get the two separate streams. I feel like if they want to grow the FPO side of the sport, that putting the FPO coverage before the MPO and making it two separate streams, it would really help. Well, it's an interesting topic because I think the... There's two sides of the argument, right? The one that you're coming from, which is what I agree with, is the FPO having a separate stream allows a full dedication of focus, storytelling, commentary, cameras, everything. Um, and then it also enhances the MPO because same thing. They have the full uh, focus of everyone. Um, the counterpoint that is being argued and the reason the stream is the way it is for most of the season is that doing it at the same time gives uh like having the fpo and mpo kind of being in one stream basically gives more viewers and a more exposure to the fpo field so where the balance is and where the right and wrong answer is i don't know i definitely think it was worth trying the way they did it i personally agree with you i think it needs to go back to how it was this past weekend and at worlds and at other uh points in the season and in the years where fpo has their own stream mpo has their own stream and uh both have full dedication so you can actually watch and be a fan of what's going on what do you think brody i feel like I you agree. agree with me i agree perfect appreciate the call well that was back to back call hello hello we, we live with someone oh uh, yeah you got me sorry my dog was just about to bark so oh no you're good you go. you're good uh what's and your name and where are you calling from uh, Jesse from Wisconsin. Jesse from Wisconsin. All right, what you got Wisconsin. for us? Yep. Um, I I don't know if you guys talked about it yet because I just tuned in tonight, but I wanted to talk about how I think pay per view is uh, the way to grow the sport faster than just free coverage. Ooh. Okay. Go go on. So, uh, I like this. Yep. So um, obviously I surf Reddit all the time, and there's so many memes and posts about. How uh, how it was like Innova was a dirtbag for making people pay, and how the stream quality wasn't worth paying. Um, so my points were, without knowing what Innova is actually doing with that money, we can't really say that it wasn't worth it. I think that there's so many things that could it could have been going towards the cost of the venue. Um, it could be going like towards the player purse. It could be you know the amount of money that they needed just to break even on the event. Even if it wasn't, if they're profiting from it, there's like thousands of hours that go into hosting an event like this. And 
and making sure everything's top tier that those people should deserve a profit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really see any any negative to it other than you know the less less eyes. Um, yeah, I mean that but, that's I think that's where it's well. First off, I just want to say I do think a lot of people got super confused because the Disc Golf Network was covering it that they're like, what the heck I pay for the disc golf network. Why do I have to pay for this? And it's the same thing that like ESPN plus does of where, you know, or Disney, Disney plus you can pay for a membership on Disney plus, and then you can pay extra to see a movie. Um, a a lot of these services have, yeah, a lot of these services have that. So I think a lot of people are confused by like, what the heck, why am I paying double? You're not paying double. Um, but it, it is an interesting because honestly on this one, I don't actually know the right answer um, because on one side you have, okay, to put on a really good event, we can charge people money and we know X amount of people are going to pay. So that's going to bring in this much money, but the, uh, and that might make the event really great. But the other side of the co- coin that I'm thinking about is for actually getting more people to watch, I don't know. It's tough for me to think that that's the right choice because I'm trying to think of like other pay-per-view things in sports mm-hmm. and everyone that I think of already has a really big following. Exactly. Like so, they don't need, they're not trying to uh, bring in new viewers or new people. And so I think that's where like disc golf right now is in a spot where they're, they are trying to get more people to watch and pay attention because right now the amount of people that play disc golf and don't pay attention to the pro tour is there's a, there's a great divide there. And I think trying to get more people to pay attention, having them pay money, I just don't know if that makes sense. Well, so what I think is I don't mind the pay-per-view model. I think the barrier to entry for this event being 25 bucks minimum was too high. Mm. Um, I think that the money was used in good ways because when the pay-per-view was working, uh, obviously there were some issues with internet and stuff like that, which I've talked to people at Innova and that seems to be something they're focused on fixing next year. Um, But that's beside the point. Uh, when the pay-per-view was working, all I heard was how good it was compared to the other ones. That's because I believe there's 20 plus cameras somewhere in yeah, that range. Yeah, they had a lot more coverage. And a lot that more. was all Innova investing in more resources, but this is more where, cameras. This is where it's kind of, I don't know if the chicken and the egg is the right well, terminology no, so, for this, yeah. but this is where it's like, if you get the eyeballs and you get the sponsorship dollars, then that money... Well, that's what I'm saying is the pay-per-view... You do the same thing. I personally think... If you would have made the barrier to entry $5 or $10, they might have made more money. They would have made more money. Mm. Cuz I think 25 bucks, me personally, I'm paying for it because disc golf's my life right now, you know what I mean? I have to. Me 5 years ago when I was just getting into disc golf, I'm not paying for it. Cuz 25 bucks like I just started watching disc golf, I enjoyed it. But I'm like, especially if it's your spending, first time watching the major, you're not yeah. going to spend something It doesn't the major didn't yeah. mean anything to me at that point. I'm not mm. 10 bucks? Sure. 10 bucks or four rounds of disc golf. I'm spending that. So I think if you, let's just stick with the $10 model. I think 10 bucks, they're getting two and a half times more people. The single day passes was also something that they should have done. They should have made it to where you pay $5 and you get the final Five, round. Yeah, sure. Something Versus like, that. like if you only wanted to watch the final round, you still had to pay the $25. Yeah. I think that the number was too high. So it ended up 
hurting more than it helped. But you see, the like sport. you see, well, like the, the what was it last year? Do you know? What it was, was ten bucks last year, I believe. Yeah, I think it was ten and fifty was the high value package. But you still see how, like, I don't know what the right answer is because one, it's like you're paying for something, so you know you're going to generate money, but the views are going to be lower. The other one is the views are going to be much higher. Maybe we can generate some outside sponsorship and yada, yada, yada. I don't know. I just think this this other, I think this other way of doing it where you're trying to generate more views versus more revenue right off the bat. I think this is the way that's going to grow. Well, it's basically where do you want the risk? Innova wanted the risk Mm. basically being in the sport of we were willing to risk the, what this event could impact the sport wise to make sure our bottom lines met because there's enough disc golf fans that it's not a risk if you put it at 25 30 bucks enough disc golf fans are going to buy it like a thousand people definitely bought it that's 25 oh, for grand. sure probably more than that right to where if they know hey we have to get to 25 grand to make up for all yeah, of this i see what you're saying there's a little risk in them at that whereas if they make it five right, bucks it's like we got to get five thousand people to buy that's Go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. I don't think like it's a, it's not growing the sport because I kept on seeing that argument. There's like, so these, I'm not saying this is your guys' opinions, but this is a lot of what I was seeing online was one, it's not growing the sport because it's not allowing new people to watch. I personally don't think people that are just getting into the sport even know how big of an event this is and, and care that much to tune in and, mm-hmm. and watch it live for three days in a row. So like me personally, I don't think that it actually affected like bringing in new eyes what you could argue is if like the baseline for watching the stream normally was i have no idea i'm just gonna throw out a random number was twenty thousand, mm-hmm. or or i get i bet you it's less than that but let's just say twenty thousand, and then the number that actually watched it was three thousand then i can see that but those twenty thousand, like whether it was free or not it's those aren't twenty thousand new people those are yeah. people that have been invested in the, in the sport and already knew that the event was going on and how big it was. So in uh, they were either going to follow the live scoring regardless if they watched it or not. And to me, growing isn't reaching those same people. It's going like beyond them because those people already invested. They already have bags. They they already follow the tour scene. So I don't think making it pay-per-view actually prevented it from growing. Um, and the other point I see a lot is like, Okay, was this Innova like ma- making the call to okay? Well, it's more important to meet our bottom dollar than it is to, you know, allow people to enjoy the coverage. I also don't agree with that. Um, and you guys can speak to this more. Um, you guys just ran an event. Yeah, I don't know if you can actually say this, but I know plenty of TDs in the area that run events, and they actually make money off of them, right? They have to. I think you should. A dollar yeah. amount to be able yeah. to buy plastic I think you should, and make yeah. sure they have an inventory. Yeah, I but think they, they definitely uh, should make money. They make a profit off of it, right? So yeah. a lot of these people that are saying Innovo shouldn't be able to do that, they should be taking no. a loss to grow the sport. It's like, no, that's not how it works. No, no, Local I, I agree are that. making money to host events. Innovo deserves, you know, the ability to also make a profit off of this. No, yeah. Um, and if you're not willing to, to spend the money, then, you know. No, I on the TD topic, People who say that like the TD shouldn't make money to grow the sport have a very backwards idea of growing the sport because the way the right, sport's going to grow, sacrifice hours with, with yeah, no, the way the sport's going to grow is more people need to run tournaments yeah. as the sport grows. That's the issue in this area is like a lot of times there's just not enough tournaments. Yeah, and if TDs are having to put money out of their own pocket in addition to all these hours and not make money, 
then that just you're yeah, never going to run yeah. tournaments. Yeah, yeah. So you have to be. I personally, it's a lot easier when you own a shop to be able to make money running a tournament because you can handle the payout, the players pack, yeah. all of that natively, uh, and you already have the like yeah. infrastructure to do that versus just a random person having to go buy discs. Um, but like, I would never run a tournament if I was going to lose money simply because like it just doesn't make sense. Uh, exactly. It just doesn't make and sense for me to put time and effort in and not get return on my end. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I love this and, topic, and that's though. That's where I think there's a lot of unknown with what happened with the pay-per-view is was the cost of even have the venue, did they increase it because they realized how big the sport's getting? So they're saying, well, from now on, we're going to charge you more money to use this. Um, you know, was that actually the end of his only way? Or not only way, could they been around five dollar viewer and then hope to get five times the amount yeah i personally from what i noticed um, yeah i personally i just think it was a risk thing of like enova had a bottom line that they needed to meet i know they shattered records with their amount of people there for uscgc the amount of ticket sales they did stuff like that i know that that stuff was very well received um as far as on ground goes I just think that the pay-per-view, they were investing so much into live disc golf um, that they like needed to see X amount back. And they knew if they put the price point higher, it guaranteed them that back. Versus if you put it at five bucks, what if the same diehard fans, the only people that bought mm-hmm. and you lost 20 bucks a person? Right, exactly. That's where I think the yeah, idea I'm, came from. That. But personally, I don't think that this like hurt the sport as far as like it. No, he brought up a good point that like new people aren't, I do Whether think it's it, paid or not. They're I'll, not. I'll, I'll say it this way. I don't think it hurt the sport, but I don't think it grew the sport. Yeah. So if that makes sense. Um, I think uh, it was neutral. And I, for the most part, I think it is. I think the post-production is what helps it grow it because that's where most people are just getting into social it. Media. That's a big thing. Social media. Yeah. Social media. Yeah, social that's, media, everything. And then so, once they yeah. get hooked and then they start watching live. Yeah. Well, that was the whole reason we were brought in was to try to drive traffic to live. But I definitely agree in my my opinion i think you make the live disc golf like five or ten bucks and then you make the post produced free to the public a week or two weeks after something like that to where like if you want to see it go down Mm -hmm. this is the way if not here's a post produce to my understanding the post production is not being released to the public if disc golf pro tour put the post production up on their youtube channel it would become the most watched youtube videos on their channel yeah to my understanding it's going to be released to disc golf network subscribers 30 days after but you're going to still have to be a disc golf network subscriber that's a miss i think that is where the the hurt of the growth of the sport should be public the social social media is really how you're going to grow people requirement yeah yeah i mean i definitely i can see your point I just personally, I just think twenty five bucks is a bit high, just because I think there is enough players that didn't get to watch the tournament because twenty five dollars is just too much. Uh, and you, yeah. Versus five bucks. For, it also depends on who. Bucks. It also depends on like what you're willing. Like I don't, I'm willing to spend my money on like pay per view events. Like yeah. I'm, I'm used right, to spending them on UFC, yeah. boxing fights. I think all that's that. just a different. Thing. So when it comes to disc golf, and it's like twenty five dollars. I'm not like what the heck. Yeah. But if I'm used to just always consuming disc golf for free or all sports for free, you're watching all 7, 10, are, yeah, 13, watching, 21, whatever. Yeah, everything you're watching is free. And all of a sudden that this comes up, I can see how that, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, I agree. And even if they, the last point, then you guys can let me all hang up. <laughs> I don't take your time. <laughs> no, but even if great. they drop it down to 5 or $10 to watch it, I think like the community, need, community needs to realize this is the way that it needs to go to one. Like it's going to grow the sport so much. Like I, 
I love like the pros I'm a fan of, um, you know, Calvin, Paul, all those guys. I want to see them make more, more money because then I want to see them like to be able to do this for yeah. the rest of We're going to see better players too you know, come in. Physically able to. And if it stalls, it's either going to like hit a peak and then go back down and then they're going to start losing money. And I, I think the way you, you make people realize it's more of a, it's not mu- as much of a joke anymore, um, which I don't think people think it is, but, you know, to major athletes, it, it still is, um, and, and to a lot of the world, mm-hmm. um, is you have to increase this price pool. You have to be able to see, show people that these people are making so much money doing this, and it's the real deal. So, um, Yeah. Hey, we appreciate the call. This was a good topic. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too. I think too, the other thing also is like, I'm trying to remember like back in college, right? Where you're just like, you're just trying to figure out how you can pay for your next meal. Essentially, if we really wanted to watch a fight, it would be like me and like 10 guys on the team. We'd all get together and chip in five bucks and we'd all watch it together. I agree with that. The issue is like, this was 25 bucks for the all four rounds to where like, we're probably not going to be able to get five, six guys all no, together. But final day, like you could do final something day, where like, I Hey, like everyone want to chip in five. Bucks. Yeah. Everyone want to chip. Well, I'm saying if they still only had it for 25, yeah. you can find a couple people. I'm just saying as a college student, this is what I would be thinking is I would try to find a couple people that like disc golf. Hey, you want to chip in and watch the final day. Yeah. But I think I did. I do think they probably missed. They could have done uh, $25 for the all week or $10 for the final day. I think especially with how the final day was going. Yeah. With they probably Paul, saw an uptick anyways, yeah. but if it would have been a 10 bucks, I mean, they would have made, I think, I think that was, a. I think that was the miss. Yeah. I think the idea was right. I just think that if they would have taken the risk on a potential hit by lowering it to 10 bucks, they would have mm-hmm. made way more money Yeah, and it would have been and, a much better it, success and, all around. And it's not because $25 was too expensive for what they're giving. I think it's just, it just makes you it's question. Not, it's not, disc golf is not used to spending yeah. money to watch it. Exactly. $25 in any other sport. They're not even quite, they're like, what? That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, people, how much do people pay for the red zone? How much no is idea. that service? No idea. If someone can let me know how much that I just is, think that I'm curious. That's gotta be a couple that's gotta I be. I like think it's just the shock value 10 bucks of the a month, five amount, bucks you, a month? amount you hear. So like you hear twenty five bucks, I'm like, ah, I have to think about it first. I hear ten bucks, I'm like, oh. No brainer. Yeah. Same thing with a fight. Eleven dollars a month for red zone. When yeah. a fight is sixty, seventy bucks, if I don't have eight, ten friends, I'm not watching it personally, because I don't care that yeah. much. Whereas a you probably I think you probably get the fights free, but you probably get them. No, I don't. Then you'd pay for them every I bought, time. I bought the Fury Wilder fight. And, and so, it was worth it. And you watched it by yourself probably or with Kelsey. No, I, well, Kelsey, yeah. Yeah, tells, but like y'all it. didn't. No, no, no. It wasn't yeah. like you had a big party over. I mean, we could. Yeah, but whenever. Are whenever, you trying to tell me that I need to invite you for over for the next no, big fight? Is I'm that what saying, you're trying to say? I'm you just saying say whenever I've watched a fight, it's, it's been, been at group. least six to ten of us. I don't like watching fights like that, though, because a lot of times you get people that come over that don't like you, like you were just saying, like, I don't really care. And like now all of a sudden you're talking while the fights, well, that's going all on. of us. That's our group is like, I hate none that. of us super care. Yeah, we yeah. just want to watch a guy get his face beat. In. See, I hate that. I can't, I can't No, Yeah. But that. you, that's what I'm saying is you're a different fan. I need than to me. listen to There's what these, the commentators are saying. I need to hear you the are corner me. talking. You're me in disc golf In disc golf. I'm paying the 25 bucks because I need to watch this stream by myself. Whereas I would I'm do it like, disc golf too though. No, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying that's your you yeah. to UFC is me to disc golf. Yeah, 
Whereas like you're not a casual, Silas is someone who like is just getting into the sport. Silas, you're you're casual, dude. You're a casual fan. <laughs> but Silas. he he would probably love having like eight guys who all just oh, got in the sport sure. and you're all just talking. You don't care what the commentary's saying. You don't notice commentary issues or anything like that. You're just watching some disc golf. Or Silas that's how being I am like, with the fight. Silas being like, "What is that disc?" And then you get pissed. Silas, it's a freaking. It's an right. overstable fairway, man. It's an overstable fairway driver. Have you all never right. watched debate night? We got another. Uh, we got another call. The Gypsy King, baby. What? You don't know who the Gypsy King is? Well, get cultured, man. Tyson Fury, Gypsy King. Hello, hello. Hello, this is Jonah from Florida. What up, Jonah? Hey guys, so um, my question for you guys tonight is: uh, Where does um, Macbeth winning uh, the major kind of shake up the player of the year conversation. I know obviously Rick and Igor are those two front runner guys, but I mean, winning a major kind of changes things. So yeah, it's kind of crazy, uh, right? What do, guys, what do you guys feel about R that? Rick and Eagle, both, uh, neither one of them winning a major. You've got Conrad and Macbeth winning the two majors this year. Personally, I think this made, this obviously made Paul's season a much better season. Oh yeah. Um, I still think to Paul's standards, this isn't a, a great season by any means. I know that they were talking about the Nick and Matt show. He broke the like winnings record and all of that. That just speaks to the amount of money in disc golf personally. Yeah. That's um, that's going to constantly, someone, someone's, someone's going to break that. Someone's not going to have a great season and they're going to break that. Um, so personally, I think Ricky is the front runner for winner player of the year this year. Uh, just because of the amount of wins. Yeah. Uh, him and Ricky or him and Eagle are very similar and you know, the amount of wins for the season and then in the majors i could be wrong but i believe ricky outperformed eagle i know he did this weekend um so to yeah. me to me it's ricky uh but i definitely think this puts paul where you could people could at least start to argue for him mm -hmm. um and it definitely before the argument was like third fourth where is he fit this solidifies him as at least the third best player in the world yeah. this year um so it definitely made his season into a good season uh from a like mediocre season for paul mm -hmm. which that's you always have to caveat that like for paul same thing could have been said for rick if rick had a season like that like players who yeah, always have a dominant season and what they're doing now exactly uh but i think this made it a good season for paul but i don't think it's the player of the year season personally yeah so all right thanks for calling in brother thank you guys have a good one all right i wonder if i went to college with that guy some people I went to college with a guy named jonah who sounded like that and he lives in florida now but uh, I feel like he would have said that. I feel that. like he definitely would have said something. Also, people are starting to strategically try to call in to, to get in here. Oh, interesting. Is Brody a social media person or disc golfer? Debate night topic. Bum, bum, bum. Can you not be both? No, you have to pick Which one. Which one's Simon? No, you have to pick one. Hello, hello? Hello. Oh, hello. Hello. What's I'm Jack from uh, Missouri. Missouri, what's up, man? What's going on? Oh, we're chilling. So... Something I hear you guys talk about a lot is that disc golf needs to get harder. And my debate is this, is that as far as the rules go, did we lose them? Hello? It's hard enough. Oh, wait. As far as I'm the rules sorry, go. I lost you we, yeah, we lost you on as far as the rules go. As far as the rules go, I think the game is hard enough as far as the baskets needing to get smaller. That's something I hear you guys talk about or not having to run up on the fairway, mm -hmm. the change in, in circle one and circle two putting as far as uh, being able to step putt and things like that. 
in my opinion, if you keep adding rules, I think the rules the way they are plenty good. And if you keep adding more rules, then I think it'll be bad for the game. I think the way to make it harder is to work with what you've got as far as rules go and making courses better. And yeah. I do have reasons for that, but well, I think uh, I'll at least let you respond. I think at least my side of the take has always been the courses they play on tour need to be harder. Mm -hmm. And if like if courses can be designed to be harder, then boom, we don't need to do anything. If courses or if we're like set in stone, we got to play the same courses, then that's where I think stuff needs to be done to make it where players aren't shooting. If there's a tournament where players are shooting like 15, 16 under, then the scoring separation isn't there because then multiple players are going to be at that like 12 to 16 under range and the best players sure. can't separate from the field. So that's where I think something needs to be done. It but if they're able like... to play a course where the hot round, like Northwood Black, a hot round's like 10 under, the best yeah. players are go for that weekend are going to rise to the top and the best player is going to win the tournament from that week. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I always think. It now, feels, it feels it, like a lot of these tour courses are close. Like yeah. I think USDGC, there's a couple holes that are too easy. Um, but the hot round was what eleven. Yeah, but, my memory serves me right. But yeah, lots of people shot. It'd be how many Two people? Or three. How many people shot double? But then, you, like yeah. the next round, you like you seen Sexton the first day. There's just a couple. Hot, and then the, the next day, he he crashes. Yeah, but I'm just, uh, not a crash. But I'm just saying, there's worse, a couple. You know? I would just say there's a couple holes that are like you feel like you should be getting birdies on, and if so, mm -hmm. if they just change those couple holes to where you know, you don't, if you get a par, you're not walking away like, oh man, I'm letting a stroke go there. The back nine, I don't think you almost need, I think, I don't think you have to change anything on the back nine. Yeah. I think, I think actually the back nine is perfect. Uh, but you know, you've got like hole two plays super easy. Hole three is probably on there a little bit. Hole five plays decently easy. Um, hole seven is eh, maybe move it back. I don't know. There's just a couple holes on the front and, and everyone knows this, like everyone knows that you have to get out early. And so I just think if you made the front nine a little bit more difficult, then you almost have a course like that. People could still shoot 10 under, but that 10 yeah. under would mean so much more than right now. Cause well, you still on everyone, everyone, like people that I, had hot rounds me really about rules and things like that. Like I'm fairly new to disc golf. I've been playing since the beginning of last year or so. Mm -hmm. And so I've been a, a, and I'm trying not to get off topic. I've been a fan of, of bass fishing, bass fishing for a long time, professionally Okay. bass fishing. And like, so there's two, two main circuits, bass masters and MLF. Well, MLF comes out and does something different, which is great. But the thing that I see them do wrong is they implement so many rule changes yeah, that take away from the quality of the game. And, and so what I'm saying is, is, as far as rule changes go, you I see a lot of people in comments saying, you know, just change them for the pros. But if you change them for the pros, like even recreational players are going to want to play the same rules as the pros do. So that's my argument is that I just don't think rule changes are the way to go. And I hear what you're saying about some courses on tour need to be hard, harder, but I think that's the answer. And I think if you change the rules of the game, I think it ultimately hurts the game. And I'm not against evolution. But that's just my opinion on it, is that rules are not the answer. Yeah. It, the question is just, is there enough courses out there that they can do enough with? Because that's the problem with a lot of these courses is they don't yeah. really have 
like the free will of just doing whatever they doing want. whatever they want moving ground, that's the hardest part trees, is as players get space. better the courses have to change yeah and so it's going to have to be yeah. a constant evolution of the course or you can make things like on the pro tour the basket be smaller or like on the pro tour eliminating circle one and make it all circle two you can implement yeah. different ideas or different types of ob that's only on the pro tour and sure like a rec player might want to put on marksman baskets I would imagine no, because that wouldn't be fun unless you're the best putters in the world. Um, but sure. the best putters in the world, it would make a 60-footer way more impressive than it is right now. Mm -hmm. A 60-footer right now yeah. is like, oh, that was a cool putt. On a marksman basket, it's like, holy cow. So that's my... Sure. I, to you me, the, I think it adds excitement in you a do certain the, way uh, I call it the girlfriend check. What? Okay. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. What? The girlfriend check. So okay. you take your girlfriend to disc golf she's never seen disc golf before she doesn't know and you do and you do something that you think in your head like oh that was actually a really good shot hmm. you you even talked about this a little bit yeah. with liz and she knows disc golf like somewhat of where like you did something that was like oh that was really cool and like they aren't impressed at all yeah it's the girlfriend check and i think that's the thing is like if you take someone that has no idea what you're doing and you do something and you're like oh that was sick and they're like, what? That was good? Oh, okay. And they're like, that's, I think that's maybe a little issue right now. People are asking, they're like, why isn't a 50 foot putt awesome? Do you make them on the regular? No. And that's why I'm talking about disc golf and not but, playing disc yeah. golf. But if, you but, made Ricky, a 50, but if you made a 50 foot putt in front of your girlfriend for the first yeah. time, I don't think she's going nuts. Well, what I want to know is if I'm watching Ricky and he hits a 50 foot putt for the eighth time in the round, is my mind blown? No, at least mine isn't. When I watch Ricky uh, or Paul or Eagle step up to like a 45 footer, you're thinking, I'm thinking it's like, probably going to go in. All right, they got a birdie, most, like not most yeah. likely, but there's a solid chance. Y'all need it has better to be, so I do it has think to be like, like in clutch time, a 45, 50 footer, even a 30 oh, footer. Oh, clutch time yeah. for sure. In clutch time is plenty hard enough. Yeah. I just, I just can, I just get concerned when it, the rules are the answer, and I understand like disc golf where it's at, like the course is a problem. I do think, I don't know the number of years. Hopefully, in the next four or five years, that changes with new courses popping up and people putting money into disc golf and things like that. So I guess what your argument is is that until that changes, possibly rule changes, basket sizes are the answer. If you do change basket sizes, like one thing you will lose is less aces which are huge to me i think and i think they help grow the sport as well you still the, getting an ace would still be way more likely in disc golf than golf and it still happens in golf so um i, I mean, hear that i think I it would that. just it, I, it, again, just, it would just amplify it making it even crazier when someone i mean two aces happened on the same hole yeah at usdg that's what i was gonna say is that's, aces when yeah. was the last time two aces happened in a golf tournament i don't know sure you know so I did see a seven-year-old or like twelve-year-old that had two aces in a golf round. Yeah, on Facebook. No, but, I, I know. Um, but I what I'll say on the ace card. topic is, if enough aces keep happening and they like keep getting shared like crazy, it's going to get less and less special to the outside audience because people are going to think that that's easier and easier and easier. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like a hole in one in golf, like I, I don't know the last time one was shared, but when it's shared, it's like, oh my word, that's insane. Mm -hmm. hole in one in disc golf if it keeps getting shared like how many hole in ones do we have this season there was two at usdgc Quite james deep. conrad had one there was pro there might have been one at almost every event this season 
don't know if that's drastic, but there was a I'm lot not of sure. aces. I'm not sure off the top lot, of my head, yeah. but there were several. There was a lot of aces this season, and so to me, we run the risk of that becoming not special and our sport becoming taken less serious because of how easy it seems an ace is. Because for the top players, you put them on 250-foot hole, yeah. relatively an ace is easy when compared to other like very hard things to do in sports, if that makes sense. Sure. So it does make sense. Yeah, that's that's just where I look at it from. Is things are exciting, but I think little changes can make things even more exciting because, like, uh, marksman basket ace is mind blowing. I'm, I'm trying to look up how many hole in ones there were in the PJ Tour this year. But all right, well, we appreciate you calling in, brother. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, goodbye. The record for the most hole in ones on the PJ Tour is ten. Well, that's just from a single person. Well, here, I'll um, ask you this. You're a trick shotter. Well, hold on, I, hold on one second. I do want to get to Amy's comment. Amy did say, how about you call it the newbie check? Not all girls have no idea about disc golf. I will call it the newbie check from now on. I was just stating something that I've experienced before, having a girlfriend, doing something that I thought was impressive and them not caring it at all. It, it can happen from a guy. It doesn't have to be it's a girl. It's just like when you introduce someone to something they've never seen before. It's the same thing when Kelsey, like when she was showing me dances and stuff, I don't know anything about dance. So I, I, I have no eye to tell you like, oh, that was a really good dance and that wasn't. Well, that's like uh, in... That's the whole concept. It like has nothing to do... and stuff. Like if someone gets really high in the air... You I'm, really need the commentator to tell you. Well, no, like I'm just saying if like in gymnastics, if someone gets really high in the air, I'm automatically more impressed even if it's like a very An routine easier thing skill. Yep. Yeah. versus someone who does something crazy, but they never left the ground. Then like you have to be in gymnastics to be like, that was insane yep. versus me at home. Just like, meh, same thing. How with, on earth did they get a perfect score? That looks so boring. That person was 10 feet in the air a few seconds ago. Yeah. Same thing with fighting too. And MMA, yeah, like it, a lot of people just boo. Cause they just want to see people punch each other and they don't realize the crazy grappling and jujitsu that's happening and yeah. all like how athletic and, the Nuts, first, your the first round, the first round I ever took Lizzie out with me, I got my first ace ever. It was on hole eighteen at like a short course around here. But since it was her first time watching disc it golf your ever, first ace it was ever. my first ace period. So you're freaking out. I'm freaking out. It was her first round watching disc golf ever, and I was playing decent. So she only saw like forty some throws, and one of them went in. So to her, wasn't special. She, <laughs> she was like, like she didn't even really react. She's like, oh wow, you don't. <laughs> like you don't do that all the time like no that's my first one ever she's like really like it seemed kind of easy but it was because it was the first it's like round. going yeah it's like taking someone to putt-putt for the first time they've never seen putt-putt before and you make a hole-in-one putt-putt and you go nuts and they're like it's 10 feet in front of you yeah like what what the heck that's yeah. not impressive yeah some putt-putt courses though getting a whole one is impressive yeah liz Most, is verifying it in the comments i did, she not, did not care, care. <laughs> at that point i think she was just so concerned about getting to the car and getting to sheets to get her arnold palmer she was just over it yeah um all right we can take a couple more calls here all right uh got one right here hello hello hey how you guys doing can you hear me all right oh we can perfect so i want to continue this talk of the aces I feel like if we <clears throat> minimize basket sizes, like aces are not going to happen as much that we see, especially like ridiculous aces over 450 feet. And that's the type of stuff that main, like mainstream sports viewers see at disc golf nowadays, like James Conrad's shot. Like any sports center top 10 play is an ace if it's disc golf. So I don't know how making it something like a marksman basket helps the sport in any way where it is right now, just because 
I feel like aces aren't going to catch in a marksman. Hitting a 30-footer on a marksman sometimes will spit out when it's mm. 250 feet. I don't see how that helps the sport, really. Well, I, don't I think do it... agree with this. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. You, 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 can, you can finish out. I was just going to talk about the marksman basket. Well, I was just going to bring out 30 to 60-footer. I think that's a great way to do it, but especially like a 60-footer, you can't. If you're at 59 feet and you can't jump putt, and it's a marksman basket, that becomes a much harder putt. Which yeah, is what you want, but uh, going off the aces, go ahead. Yeah, well, so I think I think the other solution we brought up is a very valid one, which is the just eliminate circle one. So then, like, because if you're in circle, if you're like sixty feet away and you can't jump putt, that's going to look more impressive. But I think it doesn't have to necessarily be a marksman basket. I just think that you can have, um, like, someone could redesign a smaller basket with dual chains it doesn't have to be as thin as a marksman to where it yeah. can still catch well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and like an it's just a little bit happen. it's just a little bit harder it's just that putting now instead of having especially like a mock x yeah is where you massive can, you can ba- the, 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 we're basically just saying like the hitbox right now is this big we want the hitbox to be like this big like shrink it down yeah yeah because exactly. the marksman's exactly. way too small the marksman's the other, way too small. the other thing that i'm trying i was trying to like say is like let's say that every single ace like let's say that like disc golf starts to get some notoriety right and they're like you know what like people love these aces and we have enough of them each season so they're like all the time you're seeing aces then it's going to look like disc golf's a very easy sport because all the time people are throwing it in from 300 feet away and it's making sports center over and over and over yeah when in reality it's it's not easy to get an ace but i think that i don't think that's a bad thing for the sport because getting more eyes on it i'm just saying that could be one negative connotation of constantly making sports center for that because the other time we've made sports center has been things like paul's 18 under or like james conrad's throw-in stuff like that is still could happen where it's a crazy moment in general and if the moment's big enough and enough fans are talking about it it can make it to sports center regardless of what the actual moment was mm-hmm. if the moment surrounding it's big enough so I think if yeah, like, like it's more just, story, more story stuff getting there yeah, versus like a highlight. Exactly, and so then right. you don't have to worry about like, like a shot like Kevin Jones falling, that being an ace. There's no way that's ever bad for the sport because like that was just such a sick shot. Mm-hmm. But if you have like a routine, like just 300 foot hyzer shot, and it goes in, and the crowd goes wild, and the sports center's like, well, we don't got anything, so let's put it number nine this week. Mm-hmm. If that if we see that over and over and over. I'm just curious if that could be something as like a casual sports fan of like I don't this think disc golf game could be easy. Yeah, I mean, I would I would probably disagree a little bit with that. I don't think ever getting on Sports Center consistently. I don't think it's a, a bad, bad thing. Yeah, I just think that the look of the sport could be uh, not. It's not even negatively perceived. It could I think be, it would, I think it would just it would, the view it would, of the sport could be warped. I guess but, is what I'm saying. But with disc golf, like you're always gonna have to you have to have people go out and try it for them to actually see the difficulty in it. You have to have it because like you don't like, I mean, I've never tried to do stuff that they've done in gymnastics, let's say, but I've tried to do a backflip. I've tried to do like a tuck and roll or whatever, summer, whatever. I've done like some sort of gymnastic stuff to know what they're doing is insane. If you've never thrown a disc before and you see someone do it, you might think, oh, that looks really, really easy until you actually go out there and do it yourself. Yeah. So I think it's always going to require people actually having to go out there and try it to be like, oh, wow, this is how do they control this? Um, So that's why I kind of disagree is I just think the more you show it, I think people will be like, oh, this is big. Same with like spike ball. I, 
I had no idea how big Spikeball is, but it makes it seem like Spikeball is massive because it's being posted all over the place by SportsCenter and ESPN. And so, like, I don't know. Well, the thing with James Conrad's shot, too, is, like, does that go in if the basket's smaller? Like, does that even happen if it's a smaller hitbox? Like, uh, that might. It might. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, will, yeah. I mean le- it would definitely be less likely for sure. So, um, I just yeah. feel like where the sport is right now, shrinking the basket is not the play. Maybe five years from now, definitely. But yeah, right now we need as much sports center coverage as we can get. But that's all I pretty much have. Yeah, it's it's a weird give and take because by by making the hitbox smaller, are you taking away the chances for aces and throw-ins? Yeah, the percentage is definitely going smaller. But then are you also making it to where now a 20-footer, 25-footer is, is more more enjoyable to watch because there actually is a chance for them to miss it? Right. Yeah, I think it's the give and take. Won't yeah, it's, it's Ricky a, won't have a 25-footer and they'll go, oh, this is a, this is a Yeah, I mean, that's what's happening right now is like, you know, golf, it's like they don't really say – they won't really count a putt as good until it's like a foot away from the, the cup. And disc mm-hmm. golf right now – someone will throw it inside a circle, which is like, you know, it could be 30 feet away and they'll be like, Oh, they're going to get a birdie on this hole. Like where, I don't know. So it it is a give and take situation. 100%. All right. We appreciate you calling in brother. Um, I do want to say how crazy this is right here. I just had to like, uh, I had to fix something in our description. So I just reset the, uh, the stream. And when I reset it, a disc golf network ad popped up. There you go. I've never seen a disc golf ad. They network. run them on Facebook, Instagram. I've never seen it on YouTube as a pre-roll. I don't know if I've seen for the disc golf network now. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen ads. I've seen disc I've, golf ads. On I've seen ads, YouTube. but kind of sweet. Um, all right, let's take, let's take one more caller here. One more. I want to watch makes not misses. Then you probably shouldn't watch any other sport. I mean, the best three-point shooters are forty percent. The best baseball. I mean, the best hitters in baseball are thirty percent. Yeah. Literally every other thrill is like when it's in the air. Yeah. Is it in? Yeah. It also seems like, like Ricky when he lost that playoff, like like everyone was like, "Yeah, you saw how." Oh my word! It's so embarrassing. Like, oh my gosh, you were terrible. Which I know that didn't hit the bucket, (laughs) so that wouldn't have mattered. But like, it's this mindset of like, it just seems more professional to me if like. I step up to a 30 foot putt and it's like, is this like, I have a chance at missing. Yes. I always have a chance at missing. If I'm Paul or Ricky, I have a chance at missing. Yes. We got a call Silas. Hello. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Oh, we're hanging out. What's going on, man? Well, uh, I'll be really quick with you guys. Um, and I know you cater to your audience a lot, but you know, a lot of times I feel like the conversation is directed more towards the pro side of the sport. Mm-hmm. And I think a way that we can grow the sport is by talking to our local athletic directors and, you know, trying to grow the sport in our community instead of focusing and hyper fixating on what the pro division is doing. What are you guys' thoughts? Do you think this is a debate? No, I, I mean, us, we're not going to do that. Like we're, we're going to be doing the media because basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to create more because right now there is a lack of media for the pros. There's not enough. I believe what, I believe what you guys are doing is great, but I think that fans hyper. Well, I was, yeah, I was going to, they're doing. Well, I was going to continue by saying that 
Uh, I agree though that that also needs to be done. So like people getting involved where there are disc golf clubs in high school, uh, people getting involved where there's like leagues for youth um, in, in the, in the cities and stuff like that. Like all those things, getting kids involved at a younger age is going to really make a sport blow up because now you got a, a constant recycle of fans coming in, um, where trying to get people that like other sports at the ages of 20, 25, 30 to then also pay attention to disc golf is a lot harder than getting someone that's 10 or 12 falling in love with disc golf. And then there's a lifelong fan forever. Yeah. Well, Hey man, it sounds like we kind of agree on this. If you guys want to take another call, I want to help get another hot debate in. So yeah. Hey, I appreciate the call though. No, I, yeah, I think take we, care. yeah, take care. Yeah, no, I think, I think the more people can do, and there's, there's programs like this already that are getting into schools and doing assemblies and, and trying to get it into, um, like PE, uh, curriculum and stuff like that to where, again, it, it becomes the whole notion of, you know, us taking our girlfriends or wives or whatever to something and they don't have any clue about it versus like, Oh yeah, I played that in middle, middle school, school or yeah. I did that. And they already have a kind of an understanding of what it is versus like they're being, you know, figured out for the first time. All right, we'll take another caller. Hello. Hello, hello. Hey, I uh, just want to say that I think USDGC needs to go away from Winthrop. Ooh, you don't like the, you don't like the location, or you don't like the course specifically? Uh, well, well, there's a lot that goes into it. Really, that was just a hot take. But the biggest thing I think is is 18. It's just it's the opposite of crowd friendly. Um, and to oh, were you I mean, were you there on the grounds? Saw Paul make that putt or miss that putt. Were you there on the grounds? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Would, I saw, I saw some coverage from like cell phones and stuff and it looked, it looked bad from yeah. some of the phones of where like people were watching it. Yeah. I will definitely, I mean, I think 17 well, I mean, you and have, 18, 17, you can at least be on the hillside. But what was happening was when we got to like hole 14 or so, the crowd started to disappear because they were parking on 17 and 18 already. So by the time the car had actually walked up to 18, it's already like two or three rows deep. To where you're not, if you're not on well, the green, I don't have you're a, not seeing it. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. Like when you go. Well, and, I think there should be, I think for every major, there should be uh, some form of like bleachers or some way for that 18, like. yeah. For 18 is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, the problem, the problem with 18 is you have, uh, you have, let's, you know, you have a circle, you know, ide ideal situation, right? Is you have like 50% of the green where fans can be. Right. So obviously there needs to be a spot where people are throwing and, and walking up to the green. So you give the other half behind the green, essentially, and to the sides a little bit, you give that to where they could watch 18 has like 20% if, even, yeah. if that, and, and that 20% is like really far away. Well, the other issues are, there's so many like media people and stuff like that inside the ropes. Even if you're up front, you're not being able to see it. Well, so I, it's tough for me to kind of figure it's tough for me to look at that in a way of where I, I care because I mean, to be honest, if you're media, you should be kneeling down. Yes. If you're inside the, if you're inside the ropes, when you get from walking to a spot to where you're not walking anymore, you're supposed to kneel down. 
So that way you're not blocking. Unless you're a cameraman. But unless you're a cameraman. There's a lot of non-cam. Yeah. Because that's what we. Unless you're a cameraman. We've talked about whatever. multiple times people not being in the ropes. We literally on 16, Trevor and I had a debate back and forth because, or, or yeah, it was walking to the TS 16. Trevor and I had this debate of, I was like, dude, if we want to watch this Paul come down the stretch, we need to go. We have to get in the ropes. I was like, that's our only way we're going to see mm-hmm. it because people are already spotted on 16, 17, and 18. I was yeah. like, we're not going to be able to see this thing in. And Trevor's like, Hunter, we literally can't do that. Like, we don't have a need to be in the ropes. We're just live tweeting and doing like stories of ourselves. Like, we don't have a need. And so, what we decided was basically to, get in the ropes but be as far back as we could and mm. kneel out of the way to where we were basically in the gallery it just guaranteed that we that could, you had front row seats that we could see what yeah. we were having to tweet about that's what we decided to do but there was a lot of people who were doing the same thing as us but they did cameras by their side well they had passes but oh. camera by their side not tweeting not doing anything in the moment and they're up on the green to where we were inside the ropes and we did we couldn't see At 18 yeah. i couldn't see paul's putt miss and they, i was inside the ropes. so if i was if I was just in the gallery, there's no chance I see. So a couple of things. One, they're probably going to have to, uh, they're probably going to have to start looking at cracking down more about who is allowed inside the ropes and who isn't. Two, especially on like lead cards and stuff like that coming down to the wire, there needs to be someone like tournament wise staff in there telling people like the people inside the ropes like, hey, you can't walk up that far you can't whatever. they were doing a good job they I were think. doing that a little bit or no yes oh, okay. they talked to us uh we we were actually like trying to ride the wood line to be as far out of spectators mm-hmm. view as possible and he was like hey guys i need you up here why i don't know well that's but good though that they're he was directing us where to go and being very intentional the crowd control i thought was about as good as they could have done mm-hmm. um it's just the issue like he's saying 18 18 a tough hole 18 green you just you can't get what? many people there there's no way around it. One of the things too, so this is a big thing that I that I thought about is just that whole hill is uphill, and then you've you, you know everybody's got a great view of the upshot, mm-hmm. but then you're stuck. Um, and I just another quick comment here. The other things that you're nine and ten around the baseball field, you know, you're really just like it's it's just awkward and weird and just not what you want to see for the game's biggest tournament. Um, mm-hmm. And then my last comment is there's so much room and property out there that they could do so much with this. You know, you, you've got a big opportunity there. You're saying on the actual uh, university campus? Yeah, like that old disc golf course where they did the spectator course and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, like where the, go- the old golf, on course, golf course, right? I will say I, I had talks with multiple people from Innova while I was down there, and every single one of them had the similar feeling as me, which is like, Winthrop's been the home for 20 years. Mm-hmm. If we left right now, it would hurt like crap. And you could tell that it's been a conversation going on behind the scenes of like, when is the right time? Because I think everyone realizes as the sport grows, Winthrop can't be the home of USCGC forever. But the common feeling is like, if we were to leave next year, it's it would hurt right now, but it would only take Long 20 term. years to build the same history that this course had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we can, build, we can build our dream 18. We can build... You know what I mean? Go buy a hundred acres somewhere and build it into the Augusta of disc golf. Because mm-hmm. Winthrop right now is the Augusta of disc golf course wise, but it's not by any means because it's we're throwing around baseball fields and over tennis courts and over parking lots. You know what I mean? Joseph also said they followed the FPO lead 
card and there was a security guy there guiding. Yeah, they the actually had for FPO. It's the same guy for MPO. Yeah, they hired the they hired, But for uh, MPO, they actually brought the Rhino security that was doing parking mm-hmm. for the last nine holes. They actually had them in addition to the end of a guys. That's really so nice. at points there was literally ten to plus people lining like every like fifty feet. There was someone who was pointing, especially during the playoff. They were all in front, circling the green. And if like someone moved in front, they said, hey, get back. I mm. saw them push people back multiple times. They made sure that there was a walkway for the players, Kyle and Paul, after they tapped out to get back to where they needed to count scores, all of that. Crowd control, to me, was the best I've seen at a disc golf tournament, especially considering how much people were trying not to be controlled on hole one to watch this playoff. I mean, we collapsed on the green when they were like trying our, their best not to let us do it. But they, their player security was their number one priority, and I thought they did a great job on it. Sweet. All right. Appreciate the call. Um, yeah, thanks. Have a, have a good one, brother. Uh, yeah, the longer we chat, put off Chat's moving... going wild. I don't know what chat's going. What what did I miss? Something, something happened during that call that I missed. Someone catch yeah. me up. Um, but the longer we wait in, from moving away from Winthrop, from what I understand, there's a, I hope, you know, maybe I shouldn't say that. Uh, from what I understand, we're not going away from Winthrop right now. Um, but the longer we wait, the harder it'll be to move away. Mm-hmm. But I think the sooner we can move away, the better for the long-term part of the sport. Because from what I understand, the Rock Hill community, like the actual Chamber of Commerce, stuff like that, love USDGC because of everything it brings to the yeah, area. Yeah, it brings a lot of people. Um, so they would easily have a lot of backing and a lot of stuff like that to be able to build out the home of the USDGC. Mm-hmm. And I think that they could find the right property to make it the exact thing they want, um, which would probably end up being a better version of Winthrop. Uh, and you could keep some of the traditional stuff in there. Use a lot of ropes. Yeah, because you can also seven. bring like the bamboo. Yeah, yeah, you can bring a lot. The you can keep mo- bring that, the mozzarella sticks. Keep stuff that makes it feel like Winthrop and feel like home to a new place. And it might suck for like a year or two where we're like, there's no tradition here. Like USDGC doesn't feel the same, blah, blah, blah. But us old heads in the sport, whatever, us people who've been around forever, will quickly be shut up when five years from now, now there's tradition again. Mm. So it's just, it's got to be done at some point, I think. The question is, I personally, I think sooner rather than later is the right answer. All right. So catch up on chat a little bit before we go here. Uh, someone said Brody has brought drama to the game of disc golf, TMZ disc golf. No, I think I've just said some things that a lot of people are TMZ thinking. TMZ disc golf would be like if we're following players, yeah, vans with their I don't faces know about, on it after. Yeah, I don't think we're really doing drama stuff. We're not even really talking I mean, about that'd be some thrilling content if we just said someone <laughs> just said, "Hey, see that van? See where you that don't guy, let that out of your sight. See where that guy goes right now. <laughs> yeah, just see see where they end up." Um, they asked if you were going to play seriously after MP40. And that you use debate night since you aren't good at disc golf. I didn't say this. Don't put me in timeout again. They asked you're going to play seriously. After I mean, if I can still play in my 40s, I'm 100% going to play. What the heck? Why wouldn't I play? I don't think I'll ever play MP40. Personally. Oh, I might not play MP40. I think I'll still but be playing I might play, I might be playing in my 40s. Yeah. In your I don't 40s. know how I feel about age-protected divisions. There's nothing like wrong with it. If I, can I would still, feel like if I can if I can play MPO and just because here's the thing too is I'm not cashing most tournaments right now mm. so like it's not a big change for me I'd rather still play with like people and get to be excited about what they're doing on the course. Someone wants to know be competitive. Were you really on your way home when they were finishing? Yes, I was. That's how bad I was. I was in 70th place. 
I was already like an hour into my drive, I think. Yeah. By the time they were You were like a, when I, I talked to Liz and she was getting like ice cream with Kelsey or something and she was like, Yeah, Brody says about an hour and a half away. Where are you guys at? I'm like, We're on Winthrop's campus driving. <laughs> we just just got in the car to drive home. Yeah. Um let's see if there's anything else. Uh, do, do, do. who's player of the year if Paul wins Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship? This is I don't good. think that factors into. Does of the, the year. tour championship have a big effect? Well, okay, not player of the year, like in the sense of like the actual award given out by PDGA. Won't the Pro Tour Player of the Year already be decided before the championship? Well, I think it's they present it at the championship. Yeah, I think they present points, the points winner, and they have a Player of the Year. Wouldn't that be the same? Yeah, how they that, call it the Pro Tour Player of the Year. There's no way that can... I don't know. The winner of the points has to be the... Regardless, the, the Pro Tour Championship, I don't think really factors into it. In my head, at least. I look at it as like... You can have like a... You can't really have an MVP of the Pro Tour Championship because it's the winner. But like, I think you have like... The Player of the Year is the regular season Player of the Year. Just like the like NBA MVP isn't weighted and you don't wait until the finals are over to decide the regular season MVP. A lot of times they're not even in the finals. This guy says, I see you being social media from 2021 and on leave the throws to the pros. Do people not realize that I was doing social media? Why I was winning tournaments and ultimate Frisbee. You can do both. Yeah. Well, that's what someone got also, upset at me earlier. I, just got I was done. saying it as a joke of like, what would you say about Simon then? Oh, someone! I did see someone getting pissed at you. Well, that was my question. That's a legit question. Is like this guy? I'd like to hear his thoughts on Simon. Yeah, Simon. Is Simon not Simon, a real pro because he's so big on social media? Simon does the same thing. Yeah. I don't. Know. So, like, is how is it? What What's the take on that? Or Drew Gibson? He's been doing a lot on social media recently. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think people doing both is smart. Like, yeah, putting put, guess having what? Simon doesn't have to worry at all about how he plays because he's got revenue from social media. Did I play bad at OTB? I thought I actually played pretty good. Now people are just pulling no, you said up. you balled at OTB. No, he said bailed. I don't know. Maybe he's saying in DDO before. I don't know. All I know is I looked at how much money I've made in disc golf so far on tournaments. I've almost made $13,000 in less than two years. I mean, I've made 2000 in four years. So. Well, you're not playing in the big tournaments, brother. I'm retired. I'm you retired, man. You got to play in the big turns. Where are these people? Why aren't these people calling in? That's what I want to know. All these people love to say stuff in the comments. Because they know they they're wrong. They don't want to call in. Because it'd be a two-second conversation. Like, we got to figure out the, the queue situation. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, unless there's a topic I'm skipping over. Uh, if you want to hear our thoughts on the pay-per-view, like actual coverage, what went down with that, um, where it dropped out, our thoughts on all of that. Um, be sure to tune in to uh, Grip Locked on Thursday. Trevor and I will go into a lot more detail on like event-specific stuff. We'll be doing a full USCGC recap and a full preview of the Pro Tour Championship, which I believe begins on Thursday. Is that correct? Does it go Thursday, Friday, Are you talking Saturday? about me? Yes. Pro Tour Championship begins uh, Thursday? I think it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be doing it. We'll release Grip Locked in the morning so you can get a full preview of what to expect for the weekend mm -hmm. um, before it actually starts. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Yeah. And, and uh, it's time for Brody's yeah, call out. Uh, we are going to work on, we did Julius Caesar one person today. So I was very happy with that. Uh, we also are going to work on trying to figure out a better call in system uh, because I understand this one is weird in the sense of where you can just call a hundred times and you never get through. So we're going to try to get a queue system. Well, this is just like a normal phone. 
to where like, yeah we're just you're just calling a phone number yeah and it's just the luck of the draw whether or not you call at the right time it's like uh i don't know what it's like but we're gonna try to get a queue system at least so that way if you do call in at the beginning of the show you get queued in and, and we'll eventually take your call at a certain point if you didn't get this time hopefully we can get you on the next episode but again like all these people that love chirping in the comments I, I see you right now i'm looking at your comments you're chirping you're chirping you say that you keep calling in. I don't think you do. I really don't think you actually are calling in because there's no way you keep saying that you're calling in for an hour and a half episode after episode and we never answer your call. No, you just want to chirp online and say the stuff that you want to say and not actually call in. And it is what it is. And that's fine, you know, because social media is the place where people can say whatever they want. And that is completely fine. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to go home and work on my step putt because I have a tournament this weekend. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'll be I wanted to go home and run and Kelsey said, absolutely not. Cause I have, I have, I have to get this run in, but I'm I, doing, got, I'm I doing, got my run in earlier. I'm today. doing it in the morning. So, uh, so all you people out there watching on YouTube or listening on the airwaves, uh, keep chirping online. Cause it brings a lot of joy to my life. Hope you all have a great one. We'll see you guys in the next debate.